Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in this space. Let's get started. Nikita Nicole Naylor, daughter, entrepreneur, healing and holistic advocate, beauty professional, and spiritual illuminist. Nikita Nicole is a California Bay Area native. She's always been inclined to understanding with empathy. Having a strong desire to beautify the world, she began her career in the beauty industry at a very young age. During this time, she learned the true importance of clear communication, public relations, and customer service. She's a lover of words and believes communication, both verbal and nonverbal, is the key source to knowledge, understanding, and acceptance. She is a successful business owner with over 18 years in the beauty and public relations industries. This is what inspired her to partner with her mother, Vernita, to bring you Speaking in Colors. Vernita Naylor, mother, educator, small business advocate, change agent, cultural equity advisor, speaker, business owner, and published author. Vernita Naylor is a California Bay Area native. For over 30 years, she has been educating, advocating, and supporting diverse business owners in various industry platforms, from music and entertainment and supply chain management to government contracting. She works heavily within the diversity, equity, and inclusion industry as a cultural equity advisor and penned the book, Get the Cheese, Avoid the Traps, an Interactive Guide to Government Contracting. To help improve the economic marketplace and enhance the supplier diversity and government contracting program in partnership with small business owners, buying agencies, and building capacity partners, ranging from small business development centers and procurement technical assistance centers to chambers of commerce. Her passion is to prepare diverse businesses to become business contract and supplier ready for viability to work in the supplier diversity and government contracting industry in partnership with government and corporate buying agencies. Please welcome Vernita and Nikita Nicole Naylor. All right. Well, I am so excited to have you guys here with me this week. One of the perks of doing the podcast is I get to meet and talk to so many wonderful people. And I had the honor and pleasure of connecting with Vernita Naylor. And now I have the ultimate pleasure of meeting her daughter, Nikita Nicole Naylor. And they are going to talk to us today about speaking in colors. And as soon as I met Vernita, I think one, I think we had maybe one conversation and I was like, oh, I got to order her books, you know. And so <laughs> I started reading the book and it was it actually was different than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what I expected, but as I as I got into it and it's a wonderful read, you know, it doesn't take you like, you know, five weeks to read it. It takes you a few hours, maybe less. And it's all about speaking in colors. 
And so I love the fact that you call it speaking in colors. So, but before we get to the book, I wanted to just ask you both to talk a little bit about how you got here at, to this point in your life and how you ended up writing this book together. So basically we have both been in fields where we have to communicate with like a, you know, a, a wide range of people. And over the years, it's just been very important for us to make sure that we were communicating effectively to get our point across. And with dealing with different personalities, different backgrounds, different upbringings, you know, it's very important to see the person for themselves and try to not just stick into your own little box of how you uh, communicate in your upbringing, but try to figure out how you're able to grow that communication to where you're able to communicate with all facets of people. So me being in the beauty industry and just being a very social person since I was young, I have just learned to communicate with all walks of life. And I think that together, you know, with the experience in communication that we both have, we were able to come together and bring you speaking in colors. And then for me on my end, in addition to that, being in a construction project management industry, being in a fashion and music and entertainment industry, mine rooted for my father because I noticed that he was always able to navigate in any type of surrounding. I didn't, I don't care who it is. He was able to navigate. And we know our people from the South do not usually have a high school education. I think his was maybe junior high. Um, maybe elementary. Notice that he was able to navigate in any surroundings. He worked at the post office and he was also a carpenter by trade and he can build and do anything. And we watched him, you know, she, even her throughout um, life to be able to build and do anything, construct anything. And so I noticed that even though the frequencies were around him, that energy was around him, he was able to navigate and speak the colors of those he, he had to work with, no matter who they were, to get the results that he needed. And I was like, something to this. And so through all of those things, my daughter and I decided to, to create Speaking in Colors because we saw, especially post-COVID, people were having more issues than pre-COVID having problems communicating. But with post-COVID, we were all able to sit down and watch the world unfold. And we said, there has to be something that we can do to make a difference and improve the narrative perspective and the lens in which people see. Because people are speaking to their past. People are speaking to people who have nothing to do with the situation that they're in. So you're talking to someone and you're thinking it's that person, but it's not that person or that group. You're which who you're speaking to is something that happened to you um, or something someone told you about or something that you learned from the media. So I was like, we have to change the narrative. We have to change the lens and we have to change and improve the perspective of others. I love that. And, and I think it's so significant because now with such a focus on diversity, equity and inclusion, mm-hmm. you know, we don't talk about communication enough. Right. You know, maybe we can start by you you all just defining what does speaking in colors mean? Because I know you start with a segment on born with, like you're born with color, colors. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go through, you know, your whole life essentially <laughs> is just made up of colors. But can you maybe speak to how you define speaking in colors and, and people's frequency as you as you reference? Okay, so the concept of speaking in colors, the simplicity of it is diversity of who you are and what makes you up to be who you are. And through that, it determines and influences and impacts your communication styles. So when we say speaking in color, we're talking to that person who may have that purple hair, who may have the beard, who may have the cornrows, who may be in a wheelchair, who may be fat, skinny, tall, short. We're speaking to all those things that make the person of who they are because it's that first impression that people see outside of skin color. So the skin color is that first layer. And then that second layer is that other thing that they see, like I just mentioned. So speaking in colors is that diversity. And then we talk about the frequency, which is energy. So energy is always around us, whether we absorb it or not. So like, for example, after a rough day, some people might go and sit at a park and watch the children play, the dog run, or the squirrels run around, or they might go to a beach if they have that option to go to a beach or ocean. And all those things are speaking to you to help you to unwind. It's those frequencies that's helping you to unwind. So those are the concepts of speaking in colors and the uh, frequencies, which is really energy. And in turn with that, so the frequencies that we experience that we walk around with on a regular basis are tied with color, okay? So there are colors that we emit due to who we are as people. So for instance, my color is purple. So that way, and in my mom's color is, what is it, red? It's red when I'm working and yellow when I'm in my personal life. Okay, so if we were to communicate, okay, red is not like a forceful color, but it's a dominant color. I have red also and purple because I have blue and red mixed together. So just say, for instance, if she is in the mode of her dominant color and she needs to come and present herself to me or speak to me about something, she would need to change her color which is her frequency, which is the energy that she gives out when you speak to others or when you speak to a certain person to be able to allow me to understand and the best way what she's speaking of. However, we're born with these innate colors as we develop, also then develop filter frequencies that we then get. And they kind of cloud who we are originally, cloud the color that we are. So now we have hues of black and white and different other colors that come in that kind of dilute and change the color of who we are. So we just develop speaking in color and saying that everyone is walking around with their color frequency, right? And then also on top of that, due to the life they've lived, things that they've had, uh, that they were taught, things that happened in their lives, they also develop color filter frequencies that then also change that. And so it's just very important to know where you are. And irregardless if you know where the other person is, know how you need to cultivate conversation within yourself so that other people can clearly understand you. And I want to say also too, as she just said, us creating this book was a challenge for us because she's a more creative person and she approaches things creatively where I am dominant. I want to get it going. And she's like, let's think this through first, you know? And so we had to work through this process to get this book done. 
So we were really good examples in addition to the team that helped us to create the because then they had different frequencies that we had to deal with. They had some toxic filter frequencies of the white, gray, and black of their biases because they couldn't understand what we were trying to do. So we had to work through that to get the book created. So all the different aspects of creating this book, we were able to channel those frequency energies. And that's why we put um, an assessment test in the book, you know, early on so people can really kind of tap into that early on to kind of understand who they are. Y'all said a whole lot right in there. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. So we gonna we gonna we gonna come, but go ahead, Bernita. I mean, uh Nikita. <laughs> I did God, you know what? As soon as you said that, I forgot. So go on ahead. You're fine. <laughs> and like so she said, I'm more I'm more creative. So we really, really and I think that that was by divine design that we really had to put the book in practice. You know what yes. I mean? It's not yes. something that we were just able to put out there. We really had to put it in practice and really work through the chapters, work through the things so that we know this work that we've put out is effective. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it was really interesting for me because, and and I'm sure this is one of the reasons Bernita and I connected so quickly is because her color frequencies seems to be the same as mine, yellow and red. And so, but, you know, it was, you know how you have a conversation with somebody and you feel like you've known them for years Mm -hmm. and decades. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like that, where you have that connection. And wouldn't it be nice when we talk about inclusion, if everybody had the ability to have that kind of connection? Right. Absolutely. And so for you guys to talk about the communication, the frequencies, you know, the toxic filters, even you go into healing and what it takes to actually heal. And I don't know if you guys want to talk a little bit about some of those things, because I think part of the challenge for people feeling included is they don't feel heard. You know, people Mm -hmm. aren't listening to what Mm -hmm. they're saying. So they kind of feel like, you know, either you're, you're, excluding me or you're ignoring me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't even acknowledge what i'm saying and in a meeting you know whether you're producing product or you know educating a class or whatever there's so many things that come into play when you're talking about communication and how you communicate versus other people especially when it comes to diversity. Because I think, I mean, that's inherent Mm -hmm. in everyone is so much diversity, but we don't, it's like we don't give each other the benefit of the doubt at all anymore. Right, right, right. I think the main thing is when you are doing the work to heal, doing the work to be a better person, is that you go within first. A lot of people like to point the finger Yeah. You know, at, you know, what happened, you know, to them or what someone else did to them. But if you go within and figure out what's going on with you first and foremost, who you are authentically first and foremost, then you're able to address some of those things. And to use your example with someone not feeling heard, that didn't just start the day that they went into the meeting. They don't feel heard in a variety of situations because maybe they weren't heard as a child. Mm-hmm. Maybe they weren't acknowledged as a child. Maybe they weren't given the voice to speak as a child. So you're an adult 
now saying, you're not listening to me. You're not hearing me. And now it's coming out a lot stronger than what it would when you were a child because you never dealt with those issues. And so I think the main thing is for us to go within and look at ourselves and figure out what innately are, are, is our stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Have I always been this way? When did I acquire this? And that's why we talk about nature versus nurture. Was this something that it was in my natural nature or is this what I was taught? Oh, you stay in a child's place. You know, you don't speak when grown folks are speaking. Different things that we've been told over time develop who we become into adolescence, you know, then young adults and then as, you know, grown adults. So it's just very important to go within first and foremost and figure out and, and kind of sift what is innately yours, what is not yours. And then it's okay when you do find out those things that you have been given, taught, um, absorbed, whatever the case may have been, that you discard of that. You know, that's what was taught me. But in my adult life, I don't agree with those principles. And it's okay to throw those things out. That is what I was taught in a particular religion. This is what I was taught in my early friendships. This is what I saw just observing. And so that does not necessarily mean that these are universal laws, that these are facts, but these are things that cultivated who you are and how you show up in the world. So you must first look at yourself and do the work there then can, you know, go out and express and try to uh, change the world because you can only change yourself. By the example that you give, you can only change yourself and in hope that your frequency, your energy, the colors that you give off is so powerful that it will help change the lives of others. Yeah. And and that's why it's so important, too, that once you work on that, because that's why I said earlier that you you are dealing with someone that had nothing to do with your issue. So, you know, um, a lot of times people, the triggers that people have is not anything to do with that individual or that group. It's something that has to do with their past. And then if they don't work through those processes as they become an adult, that's why you find some people are easily persuaded to join cults. Because as you go through those different toxic filter frequencies, you find out that you're so upset. You're so upset and you're so irritated with a group of people or, or different types of people that you want to get back at people. And so that's why you have a lot of discrimination, biases. I mean, we all have a level of bias, but there are some people who just eat, sleep and drink their biases. And so that's why we talk about the toxic filter frequencies and how it goes from white to gray to black. Because the thing is, when it's white and your original frequency just say is is red, then you have a little mild mannered way of dealing with stuff. But then when it gets all the way to black, you're so irritated, you're so irate, you almost want to kill somebody or you almost want to maim somebody. That means that it's gotten so out of control. So your voice not being heard have gotten so out of control because you're really mad at your mom and dad because they kept on saying, be quiet. And you didn't cultivate yourself as you got older that now everybody's an enemy. And so now you can't get anything done. And then now you're seen as, okay, we can work with him or her. You know, whether you're an actor or actress, um, whether you're working in a retail store, you you have this pattern of people saying you can't work with them. They don't listen. Um, they're combative 
or non-responsive or they're a bully. So that's how a lot of that shows up. Interesting. So then, so let me just ask this question. So you talk about kind of being your first color frequency. Those were your words Uh versus (laughs) kind of the nature versus nurture components of your second color frequency. And then you get into transmitting as well as color correction, which I love that term, color correction, when you guys start talking about the toxic filters, because you know, I think when you think about patients or healing trauma, for example, it's kind of nice to think about it as a color correction, as opposed to, you know, such a negative, you know, kind of basis for how people are, because it makes you feel like, you know, there's some, there is good in there. It's right. just been filtered improperly. Like, you know, like it has all that that bad water, you know, in there and we need to go back and filter it or something, you know, get it, right. get it purified. So it's awesome to me when you talk about correcting like broken communication patterns. So what what can people do if they are not transmitting properly? Like what 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 are some of those things? I know I know for me just doing the assessment was helpful. <laughs> because I was like oh wow I didn't know you know that I'm like mindfulness and you know I I motivated spontaneous you know for high and my my low is kind of anxious nervous and uncertain and so you know when you start thinking about red where you know I'm active cheerful optimistic but my low is you know kind of like impulsive and aggressive and it's funny because I think you don't necessarily think of yourself in the same color on those different ends of the spectrum. But I know people will tell me one thing or the other in both cases, depending on what's going on with me, you know, right. that at that time or that day or whatever. So you really do see it show up so that you have the ability to maybe self-correct. I think one of the main things when you're uh, speaking of that is to always remember, especially with frequency and energy, that there is polarity. You know, there is a high, a low, up and down, a positive and a negatively charged energy. And I want to say charged because there is really no negative, as people say. It's just a lower level of, you know, energy on that spectrum. You can definitely be that same color, but represent different facets of that color. But it depends on the balance that you are in at that moment, which determines the color. So really, when you're doing your self-assessment and you're doing your work, you have to figure out what is it that makes me balance? Am I getting enough sleep? You know, um, am I doing my my daily meditations? Am I doing and it doesn't always have to come from, you know, uh, people say you're supposed to do certain things, you know, maybe cleaning for some people is meditation or is therapeutic, whatever you can do to center yourself 
to maintain that balance, you normally see that people that are on social media, that watch the news, that do all of these things, they're kind of low vibrational because, (laughs) you know, they're not balanced. You know, you're looking into what the world's as to what's going on when you haven't even checked in with yourself as to how you feel as to what's going on. So when you do step out of your home and step into the world, now you're operating from your lower spectrum of red or your lower spectrum of whatever color because you're not balanced. So I think that the main thing is to make sure that each and every day you do the work to be balanced. And during the day, even if you figure out that, okay, you know, I'm a little cranky or whatever else have you, then you can still take that time away. I like to do it in the the beginning of the day and be very intentful about my day because once I do that, I can kind of set the tone for my day and then I can kind of vibrate high, but it's kind of hard to start your day if you're vibrating low to raise that up when generally the things that we see are a direct reflection of how we're feeling. So if you go outside and you're feeling crummy, you're going to going to meet all the crummy people, like things that, you know, are negatively charged are going to happen to you. You know, you might stub your toe, you know, your, your tire might get flat because all of these things are in the frequency at which you're at when you step out. So I think that those things are just very important to just make sure that you're balanced. And then also to look at the commonalities. A lot of people are self-centered but they're not looking within. So what I mean by that is... Mm, Say that again. (laughs) A lot of people (laughs) are self-centered, but they're not looking within. So this is just who I am. They say this about me and they say that. And I really don't subscribe to they. I'm like, I don't care. But I must say that if more than a couple of people are saying the same thing about you, it has to be some truth to it. So... To piggyback off of my mom's example, if people are saying you're very difficult to work with, you're not able to listen or, you know, you're not able to communicate with people effectively, then you have to look at those similarities and figure out what things are in in those interactions. There's something not wrong with everyone that you're meeting. There's something going on with you that you need to address and start there. Your color frequency is out of order. Right, 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 right. And then when you talked about, you were asking about the transmitting thing, everything is transmitting frequencies to us as we emit frequencies. So as you know that you woke up on the bad, wrong side of the bed, as they say, but as you know, you woke up and you had a headache, you didn't sleep well, you have to be mindful and do a body check of what you're transmitting before you step your feet on the floor because that transmission is going to carry throughout the day. And people are not aware, but they should be aware when they walk into a room, you can feel the energy being transmitted in the room. And you have to determine how are you going to deal with that transmitted energy, whether it's good or bad. So we have to be more cognizant. And like my daughter said, if we do less TV and more quiet time to tap more inward, I think that would help us a lot to be more sensitive to what's being transmitted to us. Because some people would say, well, this just happened to me or that just happened to me. But no, the frequencies were speaking to you, but you weren't paying attention until bam, happened. 
you know, so we have to be mindful of what's being transmitted to us as well as how we're transmitting to each other as well. Well, and and you make a good point because I think one of the things that people don't realize the benefit of is allowing people the space, right? We we think that somebody has to be talking all the time. Right. But even, you know, like after George Floyd's murder, there were a lot of companies that were just giving space to people. We're getting on the phone. We're not having a, you know, an agenda for the meeting. We're just letting people talk. Right. And it was amazing to see how people were able to connect Mm -hmm. across, you know, diverse populations, ethnicities, you know, genders, because there's so much relativity. Like people could really relate, like whether their eyes were opened or and they had no idea or whether they, you know, they were just saying, yeah, this is the life. I mean, we're yeah, this is what happens to us, you know. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And and so I do think, you know, just allowing that space, the whole. So you said you start in the morning with meditation. My coach would say he always starts with, you know, setting his intentions yes. for the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And I find, you know, and then he'll go into meditation and all of that, of course. Mm-hmm. But I do find that, you know, when you when you actually get out and touch the earth, I mean, I'm an earthy person. You know, when you go out and put your feet in the grass or, you know, yeah. all, all of those things, it's like, you know, the energy that that the frequency that you're emitting, those colors become right. brighter to me. You know, like my my right. whole energy changes, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. It's right. very important. And we just started a garden. So it's really, really awesome. Like you said, we have a lot of land around us. So we're all always, you know, kind of going outside, relaxing, like you said, earthing, grounding ourselves. But for those who live in like busy cities and, you know, you have 5G, you have, like we said, social media and all these electronic things. You don't even have that time to just be with self before you start the day. So you're already kind of starting deficient, if you will. And then it kind of just goes from there. So yeah, getting nature or at least going to the park, just doing the things that are around that are of nature is really cool. And if you can't get that, then having plants in your home, flowers, pets, you know, those type of things that really bring you that nature and that peace is very important. Right. Right. That's phenomenal. I love it. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. Now, tell me about, I had the pleasure of chiming in with you all for your, I think you call them six Saturdays, speaking in colors Saturdays. Yes. Yes. So tell me a little bit about six Saturdays and how that came about, because I know your speaking in colors is not just a book. You're really trying to incite a movement. Yes, absolutely. So our goal is to, like you said, start a movement. 
movement of openness, a movement of communication, a movement of safe speech to where everyone is comfortable to really talk about some really diverse issues. So Six Saturdays is something that we started after we finished the book and wanted to just really get out there every Saturday. We were doing it for a minute on Instagram, but Clubhouse seemed to be doing really, really well. I think the climate is a little bit different, but we go every Saturday um, and we speak about various uh, topics. So this uh, particular Saturday, we spoke about the second chapter um, of the book, Nurture versus Nature, and then it spent off into identity and who you are and how you show up in the world. So we want to provoke thought We want to have people to think of things that they haven't um, yet done before. And eventually we want to start forums to where we're able to meet together and really talk about some really good things to where when people leave, they are leaving uh, renewed and changed. And like you said, they're leaving and they felt that they were heard. We don't always have to agree, you know what I'm saying? And that's okay. But as long as you are heard and I can understand your perspective, I can take something from that that can help me to uh, work better on my perspective of the world. And right now, especially with everything that's going on, um, especially with the social distancing, I, I know a lot of people now are kind of back into the swing of things because now we're not, you know, we don't have to social distance so much, but a lot of people still are. Um, a lot of people um, really were affected by not being, they were already kind of introverts and then, um, but they were doing better. And then, so when the, the social distancing and the shelter in place happened, it really kind of, you know, made them dig their heels into their natural, you know, color frequencies and that they did not want to really go out and commune and socialize and things of that nature. So um wanted to get finally to the point where we can uh, have forums to do that um, and where we can all feel each other's energy. You know what I mean? And, and heal some things. But right now we're starting that on social media platforms. And one thing, too, that's really important for us is not only the movement, but we really want to change the dynamics of what people are saying. Because as you're sheltered in place, and if you're an introvert, for example, you only have your mind and what your thoughts are. So if you're looking at TV, speaking to a friend or whatever, after that's cut off, then you go into your shell and then your mind just get going. But if you have a platform in which you can talk it out, I mean, we've had some very good um, discussions over the past uh, two, was it two months or six weeks or something like that? Yeah, two months. Uh, Two months. And so we've had identifying shame, um, born with, uh, what's some of the other topics? We talked about so many things. And only reason why I say that I can't think of uh, the topics offhand is because we start with uh, you know, topics and off. then it just spins off because people are so eager yeah. and so ready to share. Yeah. Sometimes people talk about stuff we ain't even asked them about. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because right. It's like it a was, therapist. We're yeah. like a therapist. We're like, uh-oh. It was just sitting on <laughs> Them, sitting on them so heavy. So we don't want to be like, no, that was the question. You know, <laughs> we just let them you know, speak on what they want to speak on because, you know, we want to create that safe space because them being able to communicate and feel heard might change a lot for them, you know? And it has because what's so interesting is a lot of people, when we have our settings, it's beautiful because the community that's on 
the social media platform. It's like, I'm dealing with that too. Or here, here's some things you can do to help. And people have actually told us once we end, this has really helped. Because mm-hmm. just like you said about the book, they haven't read the book, but they'll say, because when I came into this room and it says speaking in colors, I was thinking one thing. Right. But it's something totally different, you know, once it, you know, everyone leaves. And I'm glad that it's a, a more concentrated group of people and not like a, a like a hundred people, because people really get their needs met in our form. And so we're really happy that that is really happening. Absolutely. Yeah, One no, person at a time. It was it was <laughs> awesome. I mean, to I think you you started off with a quote by Michael Jordan talking about yes. authenticity. Right. And, you know, as other people came in, they were talking about identity and the com- I mean, the, the complexity of identity is right. so significant that, you know, when people think speaking in colors, a lot of times they immediately go, oh, this is a black person or a brown person or whatever. And they're speaking in that color. But right. you all are totally flipping the script on <laughs> communication frequencies and energy and and all of those things, which, which is so interesting because it's so complicated. Yeah. 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 And and we want, and let me just say this too. We didn't intentionally want the book in white, but the universe knew it should be black and white because now people are like confused speaking in color, but why is it black and white? You know, and that's the thing. Because people want represent- things in black and white. And color, they want extra stimulus. <laughs> right, and right, it's right. like, no, you have to think for yourself. What does that mean for you? Right. When you just look at the words, when you just look at the cover and it's just black and white, what does that evoke for you? We're not going to spoon feed you like everything in our society does or try to make you think a certain way. And like my mom was saying, we tried so many, like they've been so many different covers that we were like, yes, like, what is the problem? Like, why we can't use this? And it just was like, it, it was supposed to be black, black and, white, and white, just the way it is. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it, it provokes thought. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So look, I'm going to hold it up here so people can see it. It That's is black and white. <laughs> but I love how, I mean, I just think it's so interesting when you pull back the layers of communication And, you know, as you say, speak in colors, because it does really allow not only for you to understand yourself, but for you to really tap into someone else's frequency and Mm -hmm. what the colors that they have actually going on in their life. So, I mean, even to the point where, I mean, you guys give some really good things in here with respect to just affirmations and, you know, some real just practical uses, journaling, things that really get you in touch with how you're feeling versus always looking out at, you know, things that you have to do or Mm -hmm. things that you have to be in order for other people to try to connect to you. Right. And let me say this too, it's interesting too. That's why speaking to what you just said, that's why I put that example in which it's a true example but I put the example and changed the names and all that about the doctor and the patient. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us even go to a doctor and it's our frequency and what we're transmitting to ourselves that causes us to be sick, yes. you know, or causes that interaction with a doctor to go awry, you know, and people have to realize 
this transcends no matter what you're doing. Yes. You know? Yes. And that's why you have to go back and reflect and say, okay, how did, you know, journal, you know, reflect on that. How did that happen? You know, who did what? Why did that happen? Because we are a people in the world, no matter what culture you are, of sickness, because a lot of times we're holding things in or we're responding to someone else's biases or different things like that, which is causing us to be ill, you know? So we have to be really mindful of just everything that we're doing and always check in with self. Like my daughter said, even throughout your day, if you find yourself slipping or you find yourself regressing to something, you know, we flip it and think about, okay, I'm, I'm operating in my low frequency. Okay. Let me get myself back up at least to the middle. Mm -hmm. If I can't get to the highest, what is it that I need? You know, what is it that I need to get back balanced? And you can't go from low to high. You need to go from low to balanced. Then you can go to high. You know what I mean? This is, is, it's really just important that we always do that because then just like she said with the doctor, if we are already high or at least balanced, and that's why they say doctors practice medicine. They don't know everything. They be practicing. They practice it on you. They practice it on me. They be practicing. They're just trying to see, you know, if something will stick. And, and now, too, especially when you go, you pretty much tell them what you think is going on. And they're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that's going on. So it's like when you do have a diagnosis, or not just a diagnosis from a doctor, a diagnosis from anyone. You know what I mean? Your frequency and your perspective on who you are and how you see the world can be almost life or death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If someone continuously tells you that you are nothing, you will never be anything. If you do not do the work, and it's not anything that's easy, let's be clear. We're, we're, the book is a very easy read. It's very simple and straight to the point. But the bottom line is doing the work. And the work is not easy. It's not easy to stop in the middle of your day and be like, oh, you tripping. Like, get it together. Yeah. You know, sometimes, <laughs> and I hate to say it, but sometimes it feels good to be tripping. Like, it feels good to just <laughs> go out and just feel whatever you're going to feel. And whoever catches it is just going to catch it. Like, it feels great. But you're not going to harvest and reap uh, better benefits. Karma is going to hit you. And then ca- karma is not even a thing to where people are like, oh, you do bad to people. Bad is going to come back to you. That is not what karma is. Karma is an ebb and flow. So if you swing that pendulum really hard, it might not come back as, you know, someone uh, cursed you out or someone hit your car because you hit someone else's car. It might not come back as that, but the pendulum is going to come back just as hard as you swung it. It's coming right back at you that at that ebb and flow. So people are like, oh, karma, you know, what, what you're doing to others is going to be done to you. It's an energetic thing. Yeah. So your energy might have been so strong one day when you spoke so negatively to someone that it might equate to you, your house burning down. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your mouth. And the energy that you gave to someone might almost, you know, karmically be equivalent to someone's house burning down or, you know, a very bad car accident to where your car is totaled. You know what I mean? So it doesn't come back necessarily in the same way that you gave it. But however you swung that pendulum, whatever energy you put out, and that's the main thing about karma, whatever energy that you Mm -hmm. give 
is the energy that you will uh, receive. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I think, well, and you know, as a younger person, Nikita, (laughs) I know my kids are, you know, millennials and, you know, with all of this social media and the time spent with social media, I know a lot of the older generation looks and says, you know, they don't communicate like they did be, you know, back in the day, we used to really communicate. We could debate and be totally fine afterwards. And now things are so polarizing and there's little snippets here and, you know, everybody's off and, you know, it only takes a trigger here or there if you've got generational trauma going on. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, are there a few things that you would suggest to even, say, the younger generation when it comes to speaking in colors? I think... Actually, it's a catch-22 because I think the younger generation is doing very awesome. Yes. And allowing people to be themselves. Mm-hmm. That is a plus that the older generation, and I'm a, a millennial too. They changed my thing. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I don't know what happened. I'm a millennial too now. But um, <laughs> like, so that's, that's one thing that I think that is very positive about the younger generation is that they allow people to be who they are. You know yes. what I mean? And they don't, they're not a very a judgmental people, but I do believe that they're so unjudgmental and so just loose with allowing everyone to be and do and just be free, which is a a very good positive thing. But you still have to have your morals and your values and the things that you believe intact. Because I notice when, you know, if you don't have some type of foundation, when you in contact with someone, now I'm not going to judge you, you know, how you want to do your thing is whatever. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with that or Mm -hmm. that I'm going with you. Or that I, you know, or that I embody what it is that you are about also. You know what I mean? And I think because of social media and different facets like that, we have lost the innate ability that we have to connect without speech. To connect without hearing all the time. Just like, like you said, the communication um, and things of that nature. You know, you used to be able to look a person in their eye. I mean, and you still can. I mean, I can, you know, older people also can to look people in their eye and see, you know, what type of person you are. I might not know your whole story, but I can look at you and see whether I am safe with you. Hmm. I can look at you and see if you're telling me something, whether I should believe you. If you're telling me um, like, you know, back in the day we had the safe word. Oh, my mama said, I mean, your mom said to come with me. What's my word? <laughs> like, right. I'm not coming with you. <laughs> you don't even know the word. Like, but there was there was this thing that we had to let us know when there was danger. There was this thing that we had to let us know when we needed to double check some things. Or we were tapped in enough to listen to our inner being to know. Okay, your friends are staying there, but you should go. You should call your mom and go. 
Right. It's maybe it's not a good situation for you. So, I mean, I think that the best thing to do for young people, which is almost like killing them now, is to detach. Yeah. To, to not be on social media. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know, I was I stayed on punishment. Punishment was the homie. Like I was, I was, I didn't do when I wasn't on punishment. Like, oh my God, like I'm not on punishment. Like I could do stuff, you know? So it wasn't, I didn't have that. We didn't have cell phones in that way. We had the tele- telephone, but you had to get to a landline or you had to get to a place to sit up and talk on the phone. And, you know, it was, you paid for that time. So I really couldn't be on the phone. I didn't have unlimited talk time. You know what I mean? Or even if I wasn't on the phone, I couldn't at three in the morning be seeing what someone is doing. I didn't have YouTube to where I can, as a three-year-old, five-year-old, look at things that I have no business seeing. And I'm on the kids channel. Like I'm on the kids channel, but there are things infiltrated to bring those certain things into our life. So I know it's very easier said than done, but it really kind of starts with the parents because unless your child starts to ask for those things early on, don't provide it. Instead of having a tablet, you know, or one that's connected to internet, have like, a, like I've I seen um, like they have like leap pads or different things where you can learn and you can do different activities. You can even watch a little show, but it's not like you're on the World Wide web, just, you know, an advertisement away, right, <laughs> yes. from seeing things. So really it kind of starts with the parents and then just be, just be an individual and listen to your inner self. There's a lot of situations that you can, uh, you know, avoid as an adolescent, a youth and young adult, just listening to that inner voice. You know when your friend's not good. And I was the only child, so I knew when my friends wasn't. <laughs> so you, you were know. spoiled. That's that's we're we're but learning I wasn't, a whole though, lot. That's about the you. whole thing. Like <laughs> I was almost like a little baby prisoner. <laughs> like or, <laughs> or that's that's what I thought when I was younger because I was like, man, mom, like. It's only me. Like, I don't ever get to do nothing. Like, what you mean I ain't getting no school clothes this semester? Like, I just didn't understand, you know. But as I got older and was able to utilize those things that I was taught, I always tell her, like, thank you so much, like, for doing the work. You know, parenting Ooh, is was definitely hard. not easy. <laughs> you know, and I always used to be like, Ugh. like, like where we're saying, like, filter frequencies, I always used to be like, her frequency is black. Like <laughs> she not black. She but act like black. she don't <laughs> Right. She she must don't like me, but I just as I'm older now, it's not fun. She wanted to hang out. She wanted to do stuff. She wanted to go, but I gotta sit here and be with you. Cause you wanna do what you wanna do. And so now we both own punishment because you're not so sure if you leave, if I'm going to stay in the house type thing. So, right. you know, just really doing the work to really just make sure that she just cultivated, um, and not to toot my own horn, but just a well-balanced human being. You know, I did things that were, you know, not you know, I did, but I always had those reasoning skills. And that's what's going to save the youth and young adults today is those reasoning skills and understanding where you are. Because like you said, with the George George Floyd situation, 
very devastating. It's not the first time that us as a people have gone through that, but you need to understand who you are as a person and where you stand and what is your gift. I'm not going to go to the street and write. That's not my gift. Yeah. I don't, that's not what I do, but I can, I can bring consciousness to people when uh, situations are around me. I can correct those situations. I can, I can uh, uh, be a thought leader, you know, and let people know how to change those things and let's, how, you know, how to heal and, and, and uh, maybe not have to deal with some of those things and how to deal with that. You know what I mean? So, you know, just understanding uh, who you are, but you're only going to be able to do that if you're quote unquote, not in the matrix and the babies nowadays are born in the matrix. Like my friend has a six month old and he already know how to unlock her phone, how he knows how to do that. I have no idea. It's actually pretty creepy. It's kind of (laughs) creepy. I don't, I don't know, but it's just like, you know, it's hard to say because this is their hope now. Like this is what they, this is who they are. So to say, to kind of revert in a way and go back to the principles that we had for ourselves growing up, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So, so well said, because I think, you know, I think a, a lot about what the kids of today have to deal with that constant digital influence of everything, you really have to kind of understand your own brand, your own purpose so early in life now that it becomes really challenging, even just if you get on social media, like, what are you posting? That's a what whole other I mean, thing, too. You know, yeah, it's crazy. The bullying. How do yeah. you get bullied online? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I never... I never understood how your self-worth is based off of what a person says that don't even know you, not even in your vicinity. And then that's just the whole like thing. But how do you get bullied? Like, I don't understand. Like, just unfollow them or just block the person or just better yet, get off of there. It's not making me feel good. I'm going to remove myself. A lot of youth and young adults have almost come, or not even almost, have come to the the point of suicide for being bullied online. This person is not even in your vicinity. Like, when we were bullied back in the day, we was, like, for real bullied. Like, you had to physically, like, run, you know, or use, you know, a physical ability. You know, when we, we weren't so sensitive to where someone said something to us, we just took it so much to heart. Like, and that's when you built your character. You know, we we did the dozens. We talked about each other. You know, that was almost a skill. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't have to fight with you. I don't have to do these things because I can get you with, with my wit, with my words. You know what I mean? So it's just crazy how people are like being bullied online. I just never understood. And bullied to that point to where you feel like, you know, you're so precious and you feel like you don't want to be here because uh, somebody and, online. And to your point, though, about color frequencies, I mean, they could be operating at such a frequency that, you know, they don't feel confident in themselves or they right. don't have that esteem. They don't even have, right. you know, the ability to really kind of stand up. And, you know, when somebody's 
you know, just constantly barrotting you with be and you're being beaten. It's right. really hard sometimes to just get right. up, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, right. So, right. you know, I mean, everybody's at a different place and, you know, trying to meet people where they are to so that we can have, you know, just the the colorful life that we would want. It's just challenging, you know. I mean, you you know, I remember, you know, after my husband passed away, just being able to, just being able to get up out of the bed was an accomplishment. And I took, right. yes. I'm like, you know what? I'm taking this today. This is my good thing. I'm, I'm in gratitude for that. You know. Yes. Um, right. So you know, there's so many things going on in people's lives, and and life can be so complicated. But I just love that you guys talk about speaking with colors, speaking in colors and, you know, learning how to work with people who are different from you. Mm -hmm. And the conversations that you all are having on six Saturdays, you know, we don't need to agree, but we Mm -hmm. should be able to have respectful conversations. Right. And, And I hope as you guys continue to do six Saturdays, Maybe you could pull in a politician or two and teach them. We're getting there. <laughs> teach we, we them get how there. to speak in colors and, you know, like, yeah. let's, let's listen to each other and figure this out. So, um, yeah. Yeah. We're really trying to broaden um, and, and get global with this because we want to touch all different types of people because everyone can improve, yeah. you know, at, at some point in time. And it's those who, one thing I have a saying is curses the man who feels he has nothing to learn. He's a fool yes. because we all have something to learn, no matter how old or how young that we are. So, yeah, we, we hope to to tap into that sooner or later than the politicians of the world. The schools, the, the school. police mm-hmm. department, oh, yeah. just in every facet of life. Medical, yes, because you're all communicating and we're communicating to the to one to another. So, yeah, yeah. everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. What a great place to to end on. And I'm just so grateful to have you all here. And I'm looking forward to hearing more from you all on Speaking in Colors. Join the movement. And <laughs> don't forget to order the book online, Speaking in Colors. We'll give you the link to do so. And again, I just so appreciate you, Vernita and Nikita, for coming to the Jolly podcast and telling your story. And we are looking forward to continuing to see your frequency move on to the higher plane. (laughs) So um, thanks again for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.